Welcome to Career Tours. This week, don't leave without a deliverable. Folks, this guidance answers the question, what do I do when my boss is vague about what I actually need to do? How do I know what I should be doing? How do I know I'm getting the right things done? So, Wendy, we try to encourage people to be professionals and to be successful at it. And part of being a professional is doing the right thing and doing it well. So, we've discovered that one of the things that makes that very, very hard is that managers and directs have very big differences about what they think each other should be doing and so on. And uh, managers are often vague about deliverables or tasks or assignments. And directs often get in the habit of defending themselves from work by just being quiet and so on. But we recommend that when deliverables need to get done, when tasks are being handed out, when assignments are being doled out, that you be clear about what you're responsible for, and in some cases actually suggest the details yourself. That's right. Should I go through the outline? Absolutely. So the first thing we're going to talk to talk about is the effective manager value chain, which there is a manager tools cast about because it really applies to managers. But since the managers are going to be given giving the individual contributors the tasks, we're going to explain to you what that is so that you can kind of fit it in, fit the rest of the, the guidance into a framework. And then we're going to talk about how to create a deliverable. And a deliverable is who does what by when. And then we're going to talk about tracking your work briefly. Okay. So since I coined the phrase EMVC, Effective Manager Value Chain, I'll ask you, why don't you walk everybody through it in your own voice, what the Effective Manager Value Chain is, unless you want me to do it. I want you to do it. Oh, okay. Well, easy enough. Since I copied your show notes. Yes. So folks, this is an example of manager tools and career tools working hand in glove, but there's a different approach because we're talking to you as a direct now, as opposed to a manager of others. And basically, when it comes to the job of a manager, hopefully you know that the job of a manager is to achieve results and to retain his or her people. And that ends up being, in so many cases, a function of ideas we have, the actions we take, how we measure those actions, and the results we ultimately achieve for the organization. And that is the effective manager value chain. How can you turn the ideas you have for how you're going to get your work done into the work getting done and being able to be measured? Because if it's important, it's going to be measured so that you can deliver the results. And if you create this chain, you're much more likely to be able to achieve your results. But in addition, be able to figure out when you're not going to achieve your results in advance and make changes, or when you don't achieve your results, be able to backtrack and say, look, clearly our mistake was here. We took the wrong path, or we were on the right path. We just didn't execute well. Sometimes it's the path. Sometimes it's the execution. Sometimes it's what you're measuring. Sometimes you choose poor proxies and so on. And everybody loves to talk about ideas. Everybody loves Facebook and iPhones and Macintoshes and Thomas Edison, the light bulb, and GE, and, you know, SpaceX, Dragon and Falcon, the rockets, Selfridges, Daimler and Benz, who are the start of the modern car industry, uh, even before Henry Ford. The idea is what's so exciting about those organizations, but it takes a lot more than just the idea to serve society as an organization. Oh, there's a lot of high eyes who are now in shock. I thought my job was just to come up with ideas. Yeah. 
and you could make a case that everyone's approach to work is a function of what they think is most important. Is it the idea? Is it the activity? The high I would say it's the idea. The, the high D would say it's the activity. Um, the high C would say it's metrics. But everybody agrees you get in trouble if you don't achieve your results. Um, and by the way, the high S would say people. Yes. Yeah. It, I was thinking that it almost reflects everybody in the Well, in it does because, because who, who comes up with the ideas? Who does the actions? Who comes up with the metrics? People do. Um, and so for an organizational idea, whether it's an individual manager coming up with it or an individual contributor coming up with it, for an idea to deliver value to the organization that ultimately, therefore, helps the organization deliver results, whatever those results might be, it goes through this chain, the idea, the action, then the measures on it, and then the results. And ideas are the first step. But we've got to learn as individual contributors how we are involved in that. And we need to make sure that we know how ideas get turned into action and how make sure that we're comfortable with the metrics. A lot of people would say, well, you're measuring me wrong. Well, then get involved in getting measured right. And folks, don't tell your boss, oh, don't you trust me? Because she says, hey, listen, I want this done by this date, and I want this done by this date, and this done by this date. Don't you trust me? I'm sure I trust you completely. And as the Russians say, trust and verify. You don't just trust organizations to do what they say they're going to do and then magically produce products. Because if there was no project management, if there were no deadlines, if there were no budgets, if there was no measures of profit and so on, We'd all just trust each other, but nothing would get done on time in an effective way, in a way that was profitable. That's why nobody has retirement funds, right? Because it's so far away and there's no deadline to do it unless you're 64 and yeah. 364 days. But that's why. And I'm absolutely scared because you were the grasshopper and not the ant. So when a manager wants to implement an idea, he has to convert those ideas into actions. And those actions are broken down into deliverables. So if you're the individual contributor, if you report to a manager who is thinking about something, or maybe we should do X or we should do Y or so on, it's great to have those brainstorming discussions. Let's just throw things on the wall and figure them out. But your role as a member of a team is to help those ideas get acted upon. Sometimes the action is doing nothing. That's fine. But the vast majority of time, there are actions to be taken. And if actions are going to be taken, we need to make sure in terms of how we talk about them and then how we enact them and how we measure them, that the idea is linked to an action. The action's measurable. It's clear. It has a deadline and so on. And this cast is essentially about helping you as a direct make sure that you and your boss both know what you're responsible for, what it is, when it's due, who's doing it, obviously you. And sometimes managers aren't really good at turning ideas into actions. They say things like, hey, we need to work on this. And everybody nods their head, but everybody knows deep down in their heart of hearts that nobody actually got asked to do it. And so they can all, they all have legitimate cases to say the next day, oh, I didn't know you want me to do that. Well, you, you didn't say me or, you know, it wasn't clear what you wanted to do. And I figured you're going to get back to me or something. And the manager gets frustrated and so on. So individual contributors have a responsibility to help managers make that first jump from ideas into actions in the effective manager value chain. So let's talk about working out what you, how you get from let's work on this to something like who does what by when. Yeah. Okay. That's creating a deliverable, right? 
Creating a deliverable, exactly. Yeah, okay. And action and task and deliverable, everybody uses them interchangeably. Uh, they're not, deliverable, don't, even, yeah, deli don't even talk right now. I'm very angry. Okay. I'm very angry that people do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like saying love and like and enjoy and appreciate. Those are all the same. They're all the same, right? Yeah, I like that. I love that. Well, those are two different things. Isn't there four forms of love in Greek thought? Yeah, well, look. If you're an intelligent person, you don't use one word when there's a better word to be more precise in terms of helping other people understand. And when the complexity we have in the business world today, in the professional and organizational world today, you can't just throw things around loosely. And you've had it happen before. People have said X and you heard Y. And it's normal. People communicate differently. But yeah, actions and tasks and deliverables are all different things. And too many managers talk in actions, too many directs think about tasks, but what really matters, what makes things go, the connecting of ideas, actions, and metrics is a deliverable. Okay, sorry, I'm off my high horse now. <laughs> That's okay. It was a good one. Give us an example, though. Yes, it's hard to know what they are without hearing what they sound like. So if your boss were to talk about an idea he has for allocating, um, for revamping the accounts receivable process, let's just say you're in accounts. If he gives it as an action, he might say, Sarah, this is my idea, explains the idea. And he says, can you take some action on that? Which is really vague because oh taking some action on it might be just writing it down in your book. Here's what's interesting about that. In my mind, the manager might very well say, ooh, you know, I trust Sarah and trust in this case translate as I assume she's thinking what I'm thinking. She has the same basic approach to task development and the general strategy and approach we're taking here. And she will come up with something that 70, 80, 90 percent of what I would actually come up with. And that saves me a bunch of time. And to use an example I've often talked about, that's a good example of the manager relying on the speed of trust, meaning I can trust her. But actually, that's not trust. That's just personal knowledge that that person works the way I do. And it's lazy in the sense that you probably ought to have a lot of experience with a person knowing that they're going to do what you think ought to be done or that you don't care the way it's done as long as you're clear that what action is. But if you just say, can you take some action on that? And somebody takes some action on it and it makes complete sense to them and you chew their butt because it's not what you wanted. Dude, as a manager, right? You're an idiot. How many of us have been in that position? Your boss has said, do something on this, and you come with something, and they go, that's not what I wanted. And you just want to bang your head against a wall? Yeah. And look, again, if your manager says, can you take some action on that, you ought to have a big red exclamation point above you in your cartoon version of your life saying, uh-oh, there's risk here. I don't know what she means. I don't know when she means it. I don't know what her thrust or focus or anything else is. Equally bad is assigning it as a task. So saying, hey, Sarah, here's my idea, explains the idea, and then says, can you get that done? Well, to be clear, you're saying that the idea is actually a thing to do. 
Yeah, but most ideas aren't one thing to do, are they? They're projects. Yeah. And so can you get that done is a is an incredibly vague question. You know, right. can I get it done in the next millennia? Maybe. And again, folks, we're trying to protect you against the idea, the, the boss who says, you know, I, I, I trust my people. But then you end up having to guess at what he or she wants. And you might want to drill down at that moment and say, sure, I see doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this by this and this and this and this and this. And now you're in a discussion with your boss, which is much more likely to produce clarity for you. And no offenses, Wendy's alluded to before with the retirement example. If everything you come up with is going to take you three weeks, you're not going to do anything for two and a half weeks. I mean, that's what the data say. Um, because probably what you've done is stated a task that has a series of subtasks and the totality of the task has 25 things in it, all of which are steps that need to be done and you ought to be drilling down. But okay, I'm getting ahead. <laughs> okay, so here's what it sounds as a deliverable and it and it's completely different. Even on the show notes, it takes four lines instead of one. So Sarah, here's my idea, explains the idea. Please, would you do some preliminary analysis on the number of accounts we have in good standing and at 60, 90, and 120 days overdue? I'll need it by Thursday the 22nd at noon. Then we can look at the work needed to implement the idea. It's like really specific task. It has a, a due date. And you know what's going to happen next. Actually, can I just tweak it a little bit? Because yes. this is, again, I think what we're doing is we're helping the boss get better each time, but I would argue that that's almost not, or it is almost a deliverable. It's very, very close. And the reason why he says, I'll need it by Thursday, the 22nd at noon. That is different than making it a deliverable and saying, would you please email it to me? Would you please send it to me by Thursday, the 22nd at noon? Again, folks, if you're a manager listening to this, you know what it's like to assign work and have someone do it but not tell you it's done and then go looking for it. Or even if it is or is not done, a manager spending time looking for the work is a waste of time. We want the person who does the work to be the one reporting on the work and work has no value in organizations if you've done it but nobody else knows it's done because then they can't put your work together with theirs to produce some output now you might say to yourself well but i did it and i'm off the hook yes but that makes the organization cease to exist because it's all about the tyranny of the individual we don't recommend the tyranny of the organization but if you're part of an organization as I like to tell clients all the time when I'm consulting, about 20 to 25% of everybody's life in the organization is a form of paying a tariff to the organization. You don't just get to do what you want to do. You have to do what you want to do in a way that serves the organization. And that means not just doing your work, but also reporting on that work. Doing the work without reporting on it is not useful to the organization. You feel good that it's done, but it has no value if it's not done, it's the equivalent of taking the wrapper off of a lollipop, but not licking it. You've taken the wrapper off, one assumes you want the taste of the lollipop, but if you never lick it, you didn't deliver any value to your taste buds there. And, you know, I say this all the time, I make a joke about all my years working in Silicon Valley and in software the development organizations and so on. And I say, when your developer 
and many other people, not just developers. I pick on them because they were really kind of first because software was really where the idea of a deliverable existed because software is written electronically, whereas at least after batch processing, whereas physical goods are not done electronically. They're actually physically produced. And when the software developer says to the manager, uh, after the manager says, here's how I want you to report on this, here's how I want you to comment on your code, when the developer says, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do my work or do you want me to report on it? The answer of the manager is yes, meaning I'm sorry, the work without the reporting is waste. It's, it's not good. So we want to be clear, I'll need it by Thursday the 22nd at noon is almost a good deliverable. The right deliverable is please send me that analysis by Thursday the 22nd at noon. And now, if Sarah's done it, but she hasn't sent it to you, she hasn't met her deliverable. And that deliverable isn't just better because it's longer. It's, it's not that there were more words in it. It's better because it's specific and Sarah knows what she's supposed to do and how she's supposed to report it and when it has to be done by. Yeah, I also think it does something else too. Managers say and individuals say all the time, you know, well, I want to be trusted or, you know, I want my boss to trust me. And then they also say, but sometimes I want to be trained. This is how you train people. The manager's done this before with this idea on accounts and good standing. The direct perhaps hasn't. And so the manager does this and the direct goes, oh, okay. And now the direct next week tells his boyfriend or girlfriend, he says, by the way, if you ever do this situation, I know how to do it now. You do this. This is what you do. And one of the things that managers make a mistake on is forgetting when they learn things. So much of our learning, so much of our development at work is done through our daily tasks. I think the number is 80%. The generally accepted uh, number is 80% of professional development happens related to your actual day-to-day -day work. Only 20% happens through training, including stuff like ours, which we think mm -hmm. is pretty good. Effective manager, effective communications, effective interviewer conferences. Only 20% happens in training or in you know, special schooling or something like that. The majority of your development happens at work and managers are trainers, but you don't have to train people by taking them to a training class. You can model for them how you would do it. So now your direct knows what you've already learned how to do. Hey, if we're going to do this analysis, clearly we have to have the 60 day, the 90 day, the 120 day overdue stuff versus current to see whether or not we have a problem. And I got to tell you, when I first started, I didn't know that. And you shouldn't assume that your directs will magically know it if you're a manager. So the point of this is if you're thinking this manager is being too specific, no, she's not. She's helping somebody who may not have done this before. Now, if Wendy's my boss and she's signing this to me, if I'm playing the role of Sarah here, and Wendy knows I've done this 20 times, she could say something different along the lines of, we've done a preliminary analysis before, send me a list of what your tasks are by the end of the day. Or she could say something like, Mark, remember, we want to do this the same way we did with problem X we had three months ago. I think our first couple of steps are this. And next time we meet in our one-on-one, -on -one, we'll do this and this and this, and you'll report to me that they're done as well. And I think it's important that people recognize that 
the manager is not saying, I don't trust you. The manager is saying, I want to be clear about what the standards are. I'm not going to tell you exactly how to do all that stuff. I am going to give you some parameters, but I'm not going to tell you every single detail. I'm not going to tell you when to do it. I'm not going to sit over your, look over your shoulder and tell you how to do it. And for those of you who think this is micromanaging, if a manager were to do this to you, it's not. The average person in corporate America, in organizational America, or corporate world anywhere in the world today is grossly undermanaged. As an individual contributor, you have two choices. Either your manager can do this to you and you can call it micromanaging, or you can do work based on the vague statement and bang your head against the wall. And I know which one I would choose. Or the other thing you can do is say, okay, hey, thanks, boss. I got that. Here are what I think my first steps are. And if you've never done it before, you could say, you know what? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I know how to do that. Well, if your boss trusts you, if you're saying, if you think your boss is not giving you guidance because he or she trusts you, that if in fact he or she trusts you, she ought to be able to hear you say, hey, I'm not sure about what this next step would be. Can you help me? And you say, fine. If you, look, Hey, if you've never done this before, that's fine. I forgot. I thought everybody had done it on the team. That's fine. Come by and see me at the end of the day. We'll walk through the next five steps. But don't leave today without talking to me about what your first four or five deliverables are. So I just went on a rant about training, I know, but... What you were saying about training reminded me of learning to drive. You learn to drive, you have the certificate or whatever constitutes a pass, and then you learn to drive. The idea that you've learned to drive when you've passed the test is just so wrong. And a lot of the times there's somebody else in the car with you and they say, hey, if you're in this lane on this roundabout, you get around the other bit much easier. And so that's like being trained on the job. Yep. And everybody knows you learn. Well, I don't know, maybe my experience was unique, but I don't think it is that you don't learn to drive until you've learned to drive. Well, you don't learn to drive until you're driven a lot. But the corporate, the organizational way of thinking about things is don't drive, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't, don't get in the yeah. car because heaven forbid you be wrong and get in trouble. Okay, so we'll do an example of how to turn the vague directions into a deliverable of your own. So if your boss isn't the one who says, hey, I want the work done like this, I need it by this time, then you still have that vague statement of we need some work on this or let's get that done or whatever. Let's be clear, though. What is a deliverable? A deliverable is who is going to do what? by a specific time, a deadline, okay? And, and it includes the communication of the status of the task in the task itself. So in other words, I can't assign to Wendy, please do some analysis by Tuesday at two o'clock and call that a deliverable because the word deliverable means the thing she does gets delivered to me. A deliverable includes the communication. So, Wendy, send me an email with your analysis by Tuesday at 2 o'clock. That is a deliverable as opposed to a task. Do the analysis by Tuesday at 2 o'clock is a task. And if I'm talking to Wendy, it has the who, it has the what, and it has the when. It doesn't really say the detail of how because as long as I can tell she did a, a fairly complete analysis. I don't care how she did it. And to some degree, I hope I'm not worried too much about how long it took her to do it. But the key is making it a deliverable so that therefore 
the manager always knows that things are done when they're supposed to be done. And if I'm late getting something to Wendy, if Wendy's my boss, she knows that as well. If she doesn't have it, it's not done. And again, this saves you the trouble of being sought by your boss. It saves your boss the trouble of coming after you. And it makes very clear what it is you're doing rather than just, hey, get on that, as we started with as a first example. We've got a little role play. Who do you want to be? Uh, whoever. You, you're the boss. You tell me. <laughs> okay. You be the manager and I'll be the two directs. I'm going to give you vague directions, right? Yes. Yeah. And you're going to suss out of me the actual, what I actually want, what I'll tolerate. Yeah. All right. So, hey, guys, I've had an idea this weekend about streamlining our accounts receivable process. Here are the details, you know, a little bit more background. Can we get that done? What do you think? Wow, that's a really interesting idea, boss. Where did you think of that? Was there wine involved? No, actually, no. I was out on the golf course, and I realized I've been having this vague sense that I don't know about some of this stuff, and I thought it'd be good. Oh, cool. Well, how about I start with a preliminary analysis on the number of accounts that we have in good standing and at 60, 90, and 120 days overdue. I can get that done and send it to you by noon on the 22nd, and then maybe we can talk about what's needed for implementation in the next staff meeting. Okay. I think that'll work. But I think we kind of need to know where all the folders are from Don first. So Don, can you send me a list? Right. And how long do you think it'll take you? I don't know, a couple of days, maybe end of business on the 14th. Okay. So you're going to send me a list of all the folders and where they are by end of business on the 14th? Yeah. Okay, great. It doesn't feel that difficult or interruptive. Right. Here's the problem. You say that, Wendy, because this is the way we do things at Manager Tools, but it's not the way most people do it. People think of this as being very almost pedantic. They think it's a little too specific, and it, it's like, oh, it's not trusting. You know what's funny is people talk about all this trust, but it's not like iPhones or laptops or computer screens or great Samsung TVs or really, really beautiful chairs like an Eames chair. They don't get built on trust. You know, we talked years ago in manufacturing, the revolution in manufacturing of some of Dimming's quality uh, and efficiency steps that the Japanese essentially mastered and destroyed a lot of American manufacturing, appropriately so, uh, with their mastery and dominance of it. When one part is done, it goes to the next person. And the next person has authority to say, no, this doesn't meet the standards. And if it's all just trust, then we should let everybody do what they want. And then we'll just process things through. And well, waste ends up getting found out at the end of the process, which costs us a lot of money. But no, every single step in the process, somebody checked, is this effective? Does it work? I love the guy upstream for me in the production line. I do trust him and I check his work. A good way to think about this is like this. We often talk about the links in a chain, but it's interesting. There are links and there's a chain and they're two completely different things. The links have to be interconnected for it to be a chain. Really powerful links that are not in interconnected are not a chain and don't connect and don't work. So when you're talking about ideas and you think, oh, actions are different. Yeah, they are different. You, you engage with actions differently than you do with ideas. 
But if you don't go well from ideas into actions, it doesn't matter how great each one of them is if they're not connected. So all we're doing is giving you verbiage, thought processes, and ways of thinking and doing around the connection between ideas and actions. And this is how it's done. Now, maybe it's not done this way if you're the CEO of a company and you tell your EVP, okay, I really want significant investment in South America. But on the other hand, those two people both make $5 million a year, and the EVP of, of uh, the part of the world that controls that South America is in for this company knows that if she doesn't do her job well, she'll get fired. Okay, And by the way, she's at the end of a 30-year career. She should know all that stuff. The assumption that a 22, 25, 28, 30, 32, 35-year-old person should know all that stuff is ludicrous. It's poppycocking. We shouldn't even entertain that idea. I think you said in the example that end of business on the 14th is a good idea. And the end of business is such a time. Like whenever you have an essay that's due in the end of the day, well, of course, that means like the next morning. Yeah. Or if it's Friday night, you know you've got till Monday morning because the person's not going to know that you sent it. Well, now they do from email. But when I was at school, there wasn't email. So if you had it in their little mailbox by Monday morning before they came in, they never knew that you actually finished. You didn't actually finish it on Friday. We recommend that it be a specific time. And if you don't want to do that, if you think that's too detailed and you want to, you know, say just end of day to day, just understand that you're always asking for it the next morning. And if you leave at five and somebody else leaves at eight and they go home intending to finish it up before midnight and then they fall asleep or they have a family emergency, are you going to excoriate them for their family emergency? Probably not. And if you're in bed at midnight, does it do any good that the person didn't do it by 11? Because you're not going to be able to use it. You're not going to be able to be communicated to until 7 a.m. the next morning when you're finally checking email. So better to assign tasks before the end of the the business day or first thing the next morning to give a person the chance to work on it the night before. Point being, what we want to do here is we want to be clear about what the task is. And if your boss has assigned you something and it's vague, you can ask questions back. Okay, how does this sound? I'll do, sound. I'll do this and this and this and this by this date, this date, this date, this date, and I'll communicate them all back to you. And the boss goes, yeah. And now, by the way, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're much less likely to put it off and then create a problem and then hope your boss doesn't check. And if you choose simple tasks and give yourself reasonably short deadlines, you can get it done by chunking it down into something that's achievable and you get a lot of early wins. And your boss says, wow, I gave Wendy agree to do four things and she did all four of them. I love that. That's how it's done. Before we end, we just wanted to say something about tracking your work. Because if you've got a bunch of deliverables, it becomes very quickly very difficult to keep them all in your head and know when when you're supposed to have things done by, which means that you have to have broken down the work and started much earlier. And it's not enough just to create the deliverables from your bosses, you know, get that done. You have to do the work and you have to be know how you're doing against the deliverables. Because if he comes down and says, hey, that thing I asked you to get, get it done, like how, how done is it? And sometimes you can't answer if you haven't kept track. Yeah. And we don't really think there's the best way to keep track. Some people keep uh, handwritten notes. Wendy, I think you keep a handwritten list of yep, to-dos. I yep. have a handwritten list. 
Yeah, I don't I don't have a handwritten list. I I use OmniFocus. And I have a notebook where I keep track sometimes if I'm somewhere where OmniFocus wouldn't be useful, but that's pretty rare. You can use a spreadsheet. You can use all kinds of software. You can use Remember the Milk or Things or there's all. You could use the task function in your calendar. All of those things are fine, but you're obligated to know what the status of your work is. It's completely fine if you're in the middle of a of a task that's only going to take you 20 minutes over the course of two days for you to be able to remember it in your short-term memory. There's nothing wrong with that either. But don't be surprised if your boss asks, and don't be rude if your boss asks, because your boss is responsible for it. Maybe it popped into his head. Maybe he knows he's walking into a meeting with his counterpart who's going to ask. Hopefully, he doesn't need a PowerPoint presentation on your status, but a quick, hey, give me a quick update on X. I've had people actually say, what, you don't trust me? Yeah, of course I trust you. If I didn't trust you, I wouldn't have you working on X. I'd be doing it myself, and I could save your salary. Of course I trust you. I keep paying you. Yeah, of I course just want to know. You. Yeah, I just, I just want to know. And what's funny is I know a lot of directs who spend an awful lot of time getting annoyed about their boss, asking about things. But those same directs don't have any problem saying, hey, boss, what's coming up? How did that meeting go? What about this? We want to know more about this. Which way the wind's blowing on this thing? I heard about layoffs. What about that? It's like, wait a minute. If you're going to ask your boss about stuff he or she's working on, why are you going to get angry if your boss asks you about what you're working on? Because what you're working on affects him, and what he's working on affects you. We're so like unable to look past three feet outside ourselves. We are. And guys, when you do that, laugh it off and resolve to be better. Okay. So you want to summarize? Yeah. We talked about the value chain and how ideas are turned into things of value to the organization and for the, from the organization to society. And we talked about creating a deliverable from vague announcements or vague statements from your boss. So the important thing there are who does what, by when, and how do they report it? And the last thing is, don't forget to track your work. Excellent. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, everyone. That's all this time. We'll be back with more actionable guidance. Career Tools produces actionable guidance for professionals every week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face, go to www.managertools.com. Search for Career Tools on Twitter and LinkedIn.